You're listening to the Luke Page podcast. This week's episode, I've got Alex Morris on now. Alex with uh, Alex Morris. I don't know if you, I said Alex Morris on, as in he's on the podcast, not as in his last name's Morris Son. It's Alex Morris. Alex owns a, an agency. He helps coaches um, get leads, get sales, and uh, just basically provides like a, well, one of the main things he does is he provides like a done for you service around creating ads and funnels and everything like that to get your leads and sales plus more. Um, and, Alex is a, uh, a dad to two twin girls who are three and a half years old. Um, and I, I, we've spoken a couple of times on each other's podcasts. I've known Alex for about six years or so. Um, and I just want to get him on to chat less about marketing and sales and more about just building a business whilst being a, a parent and a dad. Uh, so, you know, this is good for if you're growing a business right now and you are a parent um, and whether you're a mum or a dad, uh, dads, you're going to relate to, I guess, us being dads. Mums, this will be good for you because you get a bit of an insight into how dads see the world and what we're going through. So, um, yeah, either way, it's uh, it's kind of a, just a good chat and a good conversation about the uh, the wins and the struggles of us uh, being dads whilst growing a business so enjoy all right here we go you're listening to the luke page podcast the number one podcast specifically made for coaches get ready for out-of-the-box conversations from the world's leading coaches and experts we're going to be talking all things business health happiness and just being the most amazing human being that you can why well i ask why not see we're only here once we've got one life so let's make this thing count i believe that we can have it all all the money, all the love, all the joy, all the success, all the excitement. I'm here for all of it. And if you are too, then come along with me. Let's do this. Guess what, everybody? We got Alex Morris on, the Mazzarino, like this guy here. Um, to, to, is it To The Moon podcast? It's digital. Oh yeah, Coaches to the Moon is the podcast. Coaches yeah. to the Moon, yeah. I always, I don't know why, but I got into a habit, man, of saying to the moon and back. So like, cool. I don't know why, but maybe it's it's either to a movie. Big Savage Garden fan. I don't know, yes, Savage Garden fan. I don't know what it was. So whenever I think of your podcast, I'm like, is it to the moon or is it to the moon and back? But um, That's cool. That's, that's better. Mate, that could be your uh, 2025 re-release title. The rebrand. The rebrand. Well, you're rebranding yours. Take a look around, aren't you? Take a look around. Yeah. Oh, did you see? After we had that combo, I um, quickly, uh, I, I did a chat GPT and I said, um, I'm thinking of changing my podcast name. Give me a, give me some ideas. Did you say, I did a post? It was rough. Oh, it's fucking weird <laughs> as, man. Like some of the stuff that it was, is, I don't know, it was random as hell. But like that was like when you said that to me, I'm like, I wonder if this dude's getting... Names from ChatGPT. I'm going to just check here. <laughs> so, this is my ChatGPT. Your money maker here between the ears. Very creative. Right? That that um that Luke. What is it, Luke over here? Podcast. I guess who the the one that I came up for you. Yeah, is that what it is, Luke? Uh, Luke over here. I think I went with uh, one was. Hey, punk, take a look around. It's Limp Biscuit fucking up your town. And that was one of them. Um, <laughs> and. One was Luke What We Have Here. Luke What We Have Here. Yeah. The Luke What We Have Here podcast. I like it. I remember I had this joke book back when 
Uh, oh, I would have been like, maybe. Well, maybe it wasn't even mine. I don't think it was mine, but maybe my my older brother or sister had it or something. And I was in primary school, and I remember they had these like knock knock jokes. And one of them was it was just people's names. So I still remember it. Yeah. Knock knock. Who's there? And like Isabel, and it was Isabel necessary on a bike. So, and one of them was Luke, and it was uh, knock knock. Who's there? And you're like Luke, and you're like Luke who? You're like, Luke, through the keyhole, and you'll find out. <laughs> so, mate, it's the very same good. path of that, but I like it. It's very good. Mate, we're wearing the same color T-shirt. What's going on? I think it. Uh, we both look good in, yep. in them. Um, this one is a, quite a flattering <laughs> cut for me, <laughs> so I'll take it. You've just but, got um, a better look at Mike, though. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, and nothing goes with dick like beige. Uh, you know? <laughs> nothing goes like nothing goes like pink dildos with like beige. So yeah, anyone listening to this, um, Alex has got a, uh, a a pink microphone, and um, every time I see it, it reminds me when I first look at it, it looks like he's got a pink dildo sticking up in front of him. So it's good stuff, mate. What uh, what made you want to get the pink microphone? Always a pleasure being on, Luke. <laughs> That's it, man. Uh, I feel welcome. Um, well, to be, to be honest, I had the Yeti black one, and then it broke, <laughs> and they offered me a free replacement, and I thought, that pink one's pretty funny. Yeah. I'll get that. And here we are. There you go. Here we are, man. It fits the rest of my desk. I've got, like, you know, baby girl kid stuff everywhere. I've got a, a unicorn right here on my desk. Oh, yeah. I've got, like, um, I've often got hair clips and... You know, pink frilly shit lying around yeah. that doesn't need to be here. So it just goes with the theme of the house, man. Oh, well, that make that makes sense, there, man. So, um, mate, what do you do, by the way? Tell me about me. Uh, yeah, tell us what you do. Day job, I run a digital marketing agency called To the Moon Digital, and what we do is we help to find uh, generate leads through social media for coaches, consultants, that style of business. So we run. Shit hot Facebook and Instagram ads. Yep. We do all the emails, all the funnels, everything that goes into it. We do that. Yeah, sick. Mate, how long have you had your business for now? Quick background story with me, Alex. So basically where we met is I worked before I had my business. I worked for a coaching company to help mm-hmm. coaches grow their online business to six and seven figures. Alex was one of the clients. I was working there. That's how I got into the coaching industry. That's where Alex and I have met. We've just stayed in touch since then. Um, and, um, yeah, you you went out um, – actually, what you weren't you – weren't, you were helping like – you were doing health and – like health coaching at the start, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah, 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 because uh, I, I basically got into it because I was working in restaurants, firstly. Yeah. Went through a big sort of health journey myself because I kind of let the restaurant lifestyle get to me a little bit. You know, I kind of started uh, eating a lot late at night. When you get home, I kind of drank a bit too much alcohol, um, never got time to exercise much, didn't sleep that much and put on a lot of weight that came out of nowhere. And then so once I realized that, got myself mega healthy. And because of the the job that I did, all the traditional styles of sort of meal planning stuff didn't work for me because I still had to taste food, still had to work long hours, still had like alcohol as part of the job, you know. So I um, I basically figured out a sustainable diet 
base coaching program that I ran with you guys. So when yeah. you, when I said I make all these healthy videos online, old salesperson was like, "Oh, you're a health coach." Boom! Yeah. I was a health coach from there. Yeah, <laughs> salesperson, mate. Just like that. That's what it meant. You know, um, uh, Dan Baldasso. We always like whenever we catch up, we always reminisce about the winning days. Uh, winning is winning international. That was the company that we worked for, and that was the client that Alex was was part of. We talk about the back in those days, and we we would say how basically anyone who called up or anyone we spoke to, no matter what type of coach they were, we're like, "What do you do with yourself?" And they're like, uh, "I um, I help uh, women uh, fall pregnant." And you're like, "Ah, oh, you're a PT. You're a health coach." And I was like, "Look." <laughs> It was like everyone was thrown into basically being a health coach because like yeah. that was um that was where like the area that a lot of the the guys had success with with marketing and like that, which is kind of pretty bad. I mean, like the it's a good way in. It's a good way into the industry, I suppose, because yeah. like it's you, if you're trying to get those quick wins as someone just starting a business, right? Yeah, health is somewhere where you can do it because you'll never be short of people who need it. Mm. It's just. You're competing with your Chris Hemsworths who have a you know seven dollar a month app, mm-hmm. or a personal trainer at the gym who they can literally go and like physically see yeah. and like work out with. And if you're trying to sell an online vibe, you've got to really stand out, and that's getting progressively more difficult. Yeah, you know, ten years down the track, you know. Yeah, man. Um, how long have you been? How long have you had like a technically you know in total? How long have you been uh, running a coaching business for now? Well, I haven't done what you called coaching for five years, you know, maybe four years. But yeah. I started started the full-time marketing business about four and a half years ago. And then yeah. since then, um, and then rebranded it as To The Moon Digital about three years ago. So yeah. we, we do a bit of mentoring and we run a few sort of educational programs within it. Yeah. But through and through, we're a done-for-you service. Right, so you're focusing more on that because I know that when we worked together, you were, it seemed like you were a bit half-half. Were you yeah, yeah, we do, we do a bit of this. Um, we do have sort of done-with-you mentoring options yeah. that we don't really advertise too much, but sometimes we get leads come through who are really close. They're, they're a good option to move forwards with some help, mm-hmm. but they just don't need a team of five or six full-time people working on an account and they don't have the funds Mm. to, you know, warrant what we do. Mm -hmm. And even if they did spend a whole bunch of money on marketing, they don't have the business back end to service, service it. Yeah. So I do have a few people who we, um, yeah, we do some done with you, some coaching and I I do love seeing people get their own wins as well. That's really fun, Mm -hmm. but it's, um, it's a relatively time consuming part of the business because I have to be there for every hour of that, yeah. which is fine. It's fun, but yeah. yeah, it's not the most scalable part of it. Fair enough. So are you like, with what you're doing now, <clears throat> is it, um, let's just say someone didn't want ads and they're wanting help with funnels. Would you guys do that? But it's, or is it the whole package? It's the ads, it's the funnels, it's the copy. Like it's, is it literally everything or can they kind of pick and choose certain areas and, and, and little spaces? These days, we like to take care of the full system mm. because basically, if if we're in there for the A to Z of that campaign, yeah. then we're we're accountable in control of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. if we build someone a great you know a great sales funnel, but the way they're directing people towards it isn't working, mm-hmm. then 
whose fault is that? You know, where does the, you know, if, if it's working really well, mm. great. But if there's something that's not working, we can't really help if someone else is running their ads for them. You know, so yeah. definitely, I mean, I've done plenty of funnels for someone will call me, someone that I know, you know, and say, some of the winning guys, can you build me a three, four page funnel? Yeah. And I can happily do that. But yeah. It's much better for them and for us if we kind of come in as a partner, take care of the whole thing yep. rather than treating it like a sort of freelance job like I definitely used to in the past. Yeah, okay. So wh- explain, just so anyone listening and they want to check you out because, you know, I vouch for you, right? So, um, you know, just explain exactly when you say the whole process, just like quickly go through the, the steps and what's the whole process classified as? Yeah, so dear listener, you're coming on board and you're talking to us for the first time. We're going to be looking at where you're at in your business now um, and how are you getting leads, how are you getting your sales for your coaching business. And this doesn't really work too well if you're at the very beginning. It works best if you're at that sort of five figures a month, maybe 10 grand a month plus. You can sell your leads. You've got some social proof. You've got some testimonials you can deliver. And then we think, okay, what are you good at? What's the thing that makes you unique? And we'll come up with a strategy so that you can actually form a top, middle, and bottom of the funnel so yeah. for, your, for your audience. And what that really means is how do we get people seeing you for the first time, how do we get them talking to you, and then how do we get them inquiring? That's the top, middle, and bottom of that funnel. And over the next sort of three months, we want to be creating strategies and launching ads for each level of that funnel. So some ads that will get people just following your page, watching your videos, eyeballs on you, get them in your network. Some ads that kind of build your email list or your database of phone numbers, get people in your inbox, starting those conversations. Maybe they're in your Facebook group if you've got one or in like a free course if you've got one. And then more ads down the bottom, which um, really get people booking in phone calls and saying, yes, I'm interested in this opportunity. And so from the front end ads, the graphics, the video, the copy, the targeting, the grizzly data shit Mm -hmm. through to where they go after that, whether that's landing pages, chatbots, Facebook groups, and then all the email, all the automations, the follow-up that that supports it. So we kind of plug you into into our softwares, our systems, use what works, and then customize it to your business, your niche, and yeah, it's a fun partnership, man. Yeah, sick. Nice, man. Um, so, yeah, if anyone is curious, reach out to the Mozzarino. Um, but, uh, mate, isn't this, hey, isn't this uh, interesting in regards to this podcast? It's like a little bit back to front. Hey, just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k i'm gonna pop that link in the show notes but anyway let's get back to the episode mate where can anyone find you by the way listen to this may as well just drop it now i mean honestly my name is the easiest place to find me i'm not like alexander morris or or to the moon digital these are the two places we roll but my team takes care mostly of the the business socials Mm. if you want to come to me then, uh, yeah, no, you'll find me. You'll find me on Facebook, on Instagram, Alex Morris Daily. I post really irrelevant 
Instagram reels. Beautiful. Um, of, uh, check out, watching check out Alex Morris and uh, make sure you say that Luke sent you because um, he's, I've actually got a, an affiliate deal with him. So uh, Alex actually sends me 10K for every customer I bring across. <laughs> yeah, we've got to rethink those margins, man. It's not really working out for me. <laughs> you sold me on it again. Um, so uh, you're, you have got two girls. Yes, sir. And they're, they're very special girls. Why are they special? Um, <laughs> I mean, where do you begin? I imagine that you're referring to the fact that they're twins. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. How old are they? They're three and a half. Three and a half. What's their names? Ollie and Ava. Where'd you get the names from? The ideas. Um, my wife. <laughs> so, she, so you were just like, yeah, that's that's cool. Whatever. Did you were like, um, did you any names that she brought up? Were you like, nah, I don't like those, or were you just like, yeah, whatever, I'm easy going. I wasn't huge on Adolf. Adolf? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, I got half a middle name. Uh, so my grandmother's name was Rosemary. Right. And I was, I was shooting for Rosie. Yep. And Olivia, who's Ollie, uh, <laughs> she got Olivia Rose as her middle name. Gotcha. That works. So uh, uh, it's, you, you know you name a kid and it's just the perfect name for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, man. So, um, no, that, that, that was fun. I, there was that. You know some crazy freaking names get thrown around oh, when yeah. you're when you're picking. Yeah, it was, and, um, I, I find that with us, like we were um, girls' names, no probs. I'd be like, yeah, I like this girl name, girl name, girl name. Guys' names I really struggle with. Um, and and Courtney would come to me with names when she was pregnant, and she would say, yeah. "What about this name?" And it was like they just reminded me of old like like English princes. It was like Harry and. George. And yeah, I don't know. Archie. Cornelius, not not that it was Cornelius. Arthur, Arthy, that's sort of I'm just like, and I don't know Harrison, and I'm just like, man, eh, it's just yeah. not me. So any any guy's name, I'd be like, nah, 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 nah. And then she said Louis, and I'm like, oh, look, I don't hate it, but I'm not, I don't love it. And it was when I met, I we we're up in Byron Bay, and uh, we were staying at an Airbnb, and this little uh, the the owner, the owner's kid. I was walking out of the, um, the they, they got this little garage which they converted into this really nice uh, kind of place and it's got like a back bathroom and all that. Um, so I, I met the kid and we were talking, he was a surfer and we we're talking about surfing and that and he's like, oh, where, are you, where are you from? And I said, Victoria. And, she goes, oh, and he goes, oh, he goes, um, he goes, have you surfed Bells before? Um, and if you're in surfing, Bells Beach is a very popular surf break. And he's like, oh, you guys, he's like, really big. Like, I want to, that's my dream to surf at Bells. And like, I'm just like, this kid is cool as. And I'm like, man, what's your name? He's like, Louie. And I'm like, ah, Louie. And I all of a sudden liked Louie. Locked in. Did you have um, any similar type thing or was it just literally like, it's like, okay, Ollie, Ava, I, it sounds cool. I think... Ali, my wife, probably did because she works in, in daycare, in childcare. Oh, so yeah. she's a, you know, so for the last 10 years, she's met a thousand little kids. Wow. And wow. you definitely get that association, don't you, of yep. like kids that you like. Yeah, daycare's like, that's like tough business. Like, how did you, what's your wife's name again? Ali. Ali, how did Ali go with daycare doing all that? Like, whenever we drop off Louis to daycare and see what. We always say, like, how the hell would you be around kids all day? <clears throat> yeah, 100%. I mean, she she works with the slightly older ones, so she works with the kids just before they go to school. And so it's yeah. really great that 
she knows how to deal with the girls as they get more of an opinion, you know, as they develop yeah. mentally and emotionally, she knows what to do way more than I did with yeah. a baby. It's kind of, you can just kind of figure it out. Um, yeah. with a kid, you know, she's really good at helping me to understand why the kids think the way they do, because she's a, um, fully qualified teacher. She did a few years in special education. And so when there's like big feelings, tantrums going on, she mm-hmm. knows how to deal with that so much better than I do. Cause yeah. she's been there before. Which right. Is mega handy, man. Um, yeah. we, neither of us know how they do it in the toddler rooms. You know, when they've got 32 and three year olds, that's bonkers. Yes. I don't know how they manage that. That's insane. So Ali's kids are like four and five. You can have conversations with them, you know, yeah. that sort of things. But, yeah. and she's immune to toddler viruses as well. So oh, really, far out, mate. That's, that's what you yeah. need. Which is handy, right? So when the yeah. kids come home with snotty noses, yeah. uh, Ali will be like, oh, yeah, gastro's going through kindy again. And we'll be like, <laughs> You'll be fine. You know, maybe we'll keep the kids home for a couple of days to like not expose them to the gastro, but Ali never gets it. I yeah. always get the toddler di- diseases these days because I'm not used <laughs> to them yet. But Ali is like a freaking Teflon. Teflon yeah. Alley, it just slides off her, you know? So yeah, I'm the same, man. I get done. I mean, I got, uh, Louis got a little bit sick um, the end of last week, and I got mildly slick, sick over the weekend. Not, not bad, mm. bad. But, like, you know when they go through that, you know, when they first go to daycare and they get smashed yeah. with sickness? Man, I was sick nonstop. I was yeah. like, man, this sucks. And uh, yeah. Yeah, Courtney, she might get one in six, and I'll get everyone. And I'm like... It's funny, isn't it? It's funny. Maybe it's a mother thing. Like mothers get like a, a bit of a extra immune system through the pregnancy or whatever. But yeah. you, you and I, I think we both like to keep ourselves pretty healthy and yeah. pretty robust. And then yeah. just a sniffling two-year-old comes into the house and you're fucked for like a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it so doesn't annoying. make any sense. So, mm. and I don't think like it took me like th- three years to get COVID, and then I was really sick for like a day and a half, and then I was fine. Yeah, you know, and. I was like, I'm invincible. And then yeah. guess what? Ava's yeah. got a sniffly nose. That's it for me. Or you hear them cough yeah. in the morning and you're like, yeah. oh no, yeah. <laughs> that's it for me. Yeah. But uh, working from home helps, having the team helps, I guess. You know, you mm. can still hold a business together just about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much? How good is it like? I think, I think back to the days where I worked a, a job and... Like I saw a I saw a post yesterday, man, and it was it's pretty funny. It was of this um, seal. You know how people do that crawl thing where they stick their face in the sand and they kind of push themselves yeah. like a worm or whatever. Yeah, it is? yeah. Um, it was like a it was like a, a video of a, of a seal doing that, right? Um, and the caption was Monday vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, I was just kind of like. That's what people's life is. Yeah, it's just like mm. majority of people, most people just hate what they do and they don't look forward to Mondays. And it's just like Mondays that kill. And I, I, I just remember being like that as well. And I wouldn't say that I hated my jobs that I did, but it was just like you still would be like, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. And, mate, just having yep. that feeling. And running a business is fucking hard. It's way harder than working a job. But in regards to... Least you're fighting for something and you're showing up for something that your heart's in, as opposed to you just like, hey man, I'm just doing this for money. Yeah, man, it's a funny one. Like, I, I guess that like 
sometimes, I mean, everyone's got their own priorities, right? Some, some people are just, and it sounds actually pretty nice just to be like, okay, I'm going to battle through these 40 hours so that I can play my community netball and focus on learning to cook. And on the weekends, I can just forget about it mm. and then come back to work Monday morning and I'm back rather than you and I, we've got weight of the world on our shoulders some days. I get it, man. I get, I get the, uh, sometimes, you know, on the really bad days in business, I'm like, oh, should I just go and be a fucking barista again? You know, should I just go go and make coffee 50 hours a week, get my, you know, get my 1200 bucks, go to the beach heaps and be fine. No, I'm not going to do that. But, uh, yeah, but no, man, like it's funny. Do you, do you never get on a Sunday night any sort of, ah, wish tomorrow was Sunday again? Nah, not anymore, man. Like I, I just don't get it anymore. Like, um, no, I don't think I do. Nice. Like, I, I used to get with, um, with, uh, with working the Sunday anxiety because you'd yeah. be like, you know, you'd, you'd, your Sunday would be ruined because you're like, man, I got work tomorrow. Yeah. I just don't recall ever getting it with doing what I do. And even when like you're just having really shit patches. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, you might be in a constant state of anxiety and worried, right? So I've yeah. definitely gone through that, but it's not, it's a different, it's a, just a different type of anxiety. It's a different type that as opposed to, Hey, you know, fuck man, I've got this job and it start, starts tomorrow. I fear with the business thing, it's almost like sometimes it never ends as in the job, at least you can turn it off <laughs> on the yeah. way. That's a good way of putting it. Good way of putting it. It's, the fun thing about a business is you're not just anxious on a Sunday night. It's all the time. <laughs> That's it. Start your own business, folks. That's how good it is. Oh, funny as man. Um, tantrums. Uh, yeah. Your girls, are they, are they kind of past the tantrums? Like, Because we're starting to get tantrums now with Louie. Um, and, man, we're just like, it's, it's, it's almost, put it this way. Just to give the dynamics between my wife and I, mm-hmm. um, Courtney's a warrior, and I'm the opposite. I don't worry. Um, she's kind of like a pessimist. I'm an optimist. So she kind of like what she feels now in the moment, if mm. it's not good, she feels like she's there for life. And I'm just like, hey, man, this is a moment in time. It'll pass. Yeah. So with the tantrums, we're going through that at the moment. And, we, you know, Courtney was having, I was having a chat to her yesterday and she kind of broke down because she just had like a bit of a tough morning with, um, with Louie and, and man, do you know what he's like at the moment? It's like, man, you, you can't do anything without him screaming. Like, it's like, Hey man, we've got to change your nappy. You, you know, he's playing with something like, man, you got to change your nappy, dude, just shit in there. And we're like, pick him up, change your nappy, screams. And they're like, man, we've got to dress you for daycare, screams. Like, man, your toast is ready for breakfast. Put you in the high, screams. And it's literally like, Almost like that, yeah. Um, and you know how it is, man. If your girls have been like that, man, it just it, it slowly chips away at you. Um, the the addition, difference between Courtney and I in regards to how we manage it is those two things. I care less. So I'm kind of like, eh, whatevs, man. Like, I mean, I might be, I'm, I kind of make a, a joke out of it. I'm like, all right, dude. We're going to change your nappy and you're going to have a scream when I, on the way to the change table. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of like, man, I'm just, I, that's my coping mechanism. Um, yeah. And um, 
One thing, you know what? One challenge that I've done this month, which is, man, this thing has been fucking, this thing has changed my life. So I do these little challenges every month, man, where I like, I generally sacrifice something that I like and then I yep. do something that's usually uncomfortable. Um, and one of the things I did in February was I wasn't, I'm not allowed to get angry or frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point where it's with anything, absolutely anything. Um, so uh, with, for example, with Louis, man, that's like, he fucking pisses me off. Like if he gets to the point where he's doing all this stuff, you're just like, um, you get like a little bit peeved off sometimes. So me having to do this challenge this month and when he does get pissed off, I'm just like, um, yeah, man, I can't be angry. I've just got to take a breath. Man, it's, yeah. it's, it's fucking helped so much. Um, I'll challenge it, you on that a little bit there, Lukey. Yeah, challenge me. Because I was just going to say, man, because there's two things that like usually piss me off is that yeah. it's it's Louis doing the um, when he does these little things and you, like you get in moments. Yeah. And then there's my wife when she kind of like has a go at me. And this yeah. whole month, I've just gone, okay, when this happens, I'm like, take a breath, and just like move on. And it's been. It's been awesome, man. It's like this, and just with anything. Like before, I was recording a video, and I um, dropped my uh, Apple II pencil, and I, the tip, just hit the road, and it and it broke, so the tip was gone, and I kind of like started going, oh shit, I got to get any paint. But then I'm like, remind myself straight away, and like, man, you can't get angry, you can't get frustrated, and you just move on. So sorry, man. What were you going to say? No, I mean, I'm going to tie it back to the tantrum thing because. Mm. Uh, I am by no means perfect parent, perfect dad. Yeah. Uh, very, very far from it. However, I have learned these things. When I mentioned that Ali is really, really good with working with kids, mm. kids with special uh, you know, education, that sort of thing. One of my daughters, Ollie, really highly sensitive kid. Gnarly tantrums. Like yeah. 40, no. 45 minutes sometimes. Like breaking shit. Whoa. Hardcore tantrums. The, 45 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah. The extreme edge of normal is what it's been called. You know, like okay. right on the edge of like... And so they get pretty overwhelming, right? And mm. so what, what we've really, really learned from that is that stopping her, you know, telling her that it's not okay to feel like this or to be angry mm. is exactly the wrong solution. It's, it's fine to feel like this, acting upon it in a way that hurts other people isn't. Right. And so for you as a dad and for me as a dad, Mm. it's like, we're going to feel angry. Don't feel bad for feeling angry because then that can pass on to your kids. It's not normal to feel angry. Yeah. But what I think the the better way of you saying that is, you know, yes, I'm angry right now. However, I'm not going to express this to my kids and my family in a way that's, you know, loud or violent or scary. Because I think we forget how fucking big and loud we are to these children. (laughs) Yeah. And so I get it all the time. I'll, I'll, now my kids can talk and like really verbalize to me. I'll like, if I'm feeling frustrated, maybe I'll pick them up in a way that's a bit too rough. Mm. And they'll say, ah, oh, you know, too rough with me. And like, I mm. haven't tried to do that at all. But yeah. you know how you like might slam a door, you know, mm. or you like just do things more aggressively when you're feeling frustrated. If I pick up Ollie, like, fine, come with me. And maybe my hands are too tight, that sort of thing, because I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. That right there is me showing my anger in a way that is like, you know, that can lead to, you know, affecting other people. So, dude, let yourself be angry, Lukey. What you're doing is perfect, <laughs> as in, 
saying, okay, it's fine to feel angry. It's fine to mm. be frustrated, but I'm going to manage how I, how I express it, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess in regards to should you, um, should you hold back all emotions? Absolutely not. Mm. It was just like a, uh, a challenge that I'd done for the month. Yeah. Um, and I, I, for me personally, in regards to, cause my wife and I, when we fight, we have a very similar, it's a very similar uh, cycle, which right. is she generally will poke me and have a go at me with something. Yep. And then I defend myself. So then I'm like, all right, so how, if I could just not react to it, then I guess we can't fight. Because, man, the first, um, Louis almost two. He's turning, what is it, the 28th of Feb. Two, two more weeks he's turning two. And yeah. the first, I would say last year, man, for like my wife and I, our relationship was bad. It was okay. like, it was, it, was, it was bad, man. And obviously when that's going on, your, your, your kids are going to cop that. We argued a lot. I, I would say that we saved, we did a fairly good job at hiding it from Louis to the extent that it was. Mm. Like, in, just to explain, man, our, if you're talking like scale of one to ten, ten is your relationship's fucking perfect. One is a divorce. We were like at a two, man. That's how bad it was. Wow. Um, and it was a, it was a very similar cycle. And it was, um, <clears throat> my wife would have a go at me about something. I would feel unappreciated. I would defend myself and saying, hey, man, look at me. I'm doing this. 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 Um, and it was basically this back. That would how it would start. So um, uh, last year I tried to, I mean, my wife and I have been working on a relationship. And um, I don't know. I, I, had a, I had a coach towards the end of last year. And he just said, hey, you can't change your wife, but you can change yourself. Mm. And he goes, if you guys are arguing... Um, you can't change your wife, but you can change yourself. And what's happening in the relationship is that you're reacting. And if you can stop reacting, then things, the, what, can they, what can you argue about? Like she, she'll run out of steam very quickly. Um, so it kind of came from that, man. It came yeah. from just, you know, us working in a relationship lately. And, um, you know, uh, Courtney and I sitting down going, hey, we don't want to raise a kid in an argumentative environment. Um, and our son, Louis, he's awesome. Um, but we're just like with the tantrums. We're like, I wonder if, hey, is that kind of a little bit because of us? Like, because you know how it is with a parent. You don't know what you're doing. You're just like mm-hmm. making it all up. And then you're kind of freaking out. You love them to death. But then you're like, man, are we causing this? Is it, is it us? I think it's your fault, man. I think yeah, it's probably it's your fault. fault man. It's our <laughs> yeah, fault. So. That's or, where it kind of came from. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah. not about not expressing anger or anything like that, but um, um, having that little monthly challenge, man, I have learned a lot from it, which okay. is, is that you just don't need to get... <clears throat> it's, we don't need to react to so many things in life. Mm. Um, and well, I think when you've got the number one, the awareness of what you're doing, which is when, you know, we're on automatic mode. We drop our iPhone pencil, it hits the ground, the tip breaks up and you're like, fuck, I've got to buy a new pencil, right? So you like, you know, it might not be go crazy, but it's like you still get thoughts of frustration and anger, right? Yeah. And you go into automatic mode. You drive down the street, someone cuts you off and then you have a go at them or... Yeah, your wife says something to you, your husband says something to you and it pisses you off. Or, yeah, your, your, your 
your daughter or your son does something to piss you off. And I think just in the moment, if you catch yourself and going, okay, how, what am I feeling here? And just taking a breath, man, that's just like that there can really alter your reaction to things going from being a conscious reaction to an unconscious reaction, yeah? Um, so, yeah, I've just found through doing this month is that so many things I just don't need to react to. And I, I, it's just, man, it feels empowering, dude. Hell yeah, man. That sounds great. great. Yeah. That's hectic. It's funny Hell how yeah. often feeling underappreciated seems to come up for dads. Man, it's a, it's a standard thing. I, th- yeah. I think from what I've learned from it, man, it's like a, it's a really common thing for guys that, uh, yeah, we feel underappreciated sometimes because, man, it's like, I don't know, guys, girls, we're different creatures yeah. and we're wired differently. Our goals are different. Um, and um, I think with my wife and I, and I'll, I'm keen to get your opinion on it. My I don't wife know your wife. Like, what's that? <laughs> I don't know your wife. So like, yes. Never as in, my, as in the, what, what, what it was like with, with Ali and you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did. So, um, yeah, it was like, um, I guess she kind of wanted me to be everything. Everything. Yeah. So the provider, the dad, uh, the lover, the house cleaner. And it was like, no matter what I did, it was never good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, hey, man, I'm here trying to do everything, everything. And what I found, man, was basically whatever I focused on to run to her, I would drop. So, for example, I'm putting time into my business. My business goes well, making great money. And then our relationship would uh, kind of fall down or maybe I wasn't being as present or around with Louie. And she's like, and then she'd be like, hey this ain't good here. So then I would put the focus over there and then I'd drop the business. The business would go backwards. So I found it, I, I found that really hard, man. Have you had any ex- similar experiences? Yeah, no, I certainly, I mean, Ali doesn't really have a go at me that much, I find. Mm. Um, but I think, Ali and I, if we're going to be, if there's going to be a fight in our relationship, it's definitely much more of a quiet one where you can just tell that we don't want to be around each other in that moment too much. Yeah. And, um, she can sense it on me a mile away. And for her, it's, you know, she's just a bit, you know, monosyllabic, like very short answers for me when, when uh, we get into that vibe, mm. but 100%, like it's very easy as a young dad having a crack new kids to say, okay. You, my wife, you are giving everything to these kids. I'm giving everything to these kids and to you. No one's giving anything to me. Mm. Um, but I think we kind of, uh, and it, it, can, it can feel annoying. It can feel like you're getting swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, a, I, I think it's just the way the way the cards are dealt for for guys do because we kind of it's a bit of a paradox where we want to be superman provider we want to be seen as the guy who brings in the money the guy who's a great husband he's romantic he's a great dad really tough to be all those things and then when we're asked to show up as all those things we're like oh fuck you know like i can't do all this at once mm. so i think our own ego gets in the way quite a bit as well so there's definitely a conversation to be had these days for, you know, because I, I don't know about you, I had real sort of bad, if not brief, um, almost like post 
postpartum postnatal depression mm-hmm. when the girls were born. Mm-hmm. Uh, way worse than Ali. Ali was fine. I was like cloudy, you know, for weeks. And I was like, right. no one's asking me how yeah. I feel. No one's yeah. asking me about being a dad. I've got to go back to work, so I'm expected to get back to my business this yep. week. Ali's yep. got as long as she likes. No one's asking me shit. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that conversation is definitely coming up more these days. And I think probably, to be honest, us two, you know, upper middle class white dudes, probably financially comfortable here complaining on a podcast, would annoy <laughs> a lot of people. But, mate, you can't please everyone. But this is the thing, like, yeah. you and I, I, I think that we probably set ourselves really super high standards too, mm. which is a good thing. We're ambitious guys. And mm. so, if someone challenges us not delivering in a certain area, our natural reaction is to step up to that area and we get annoyed mm. by that gap in between where we are and where we want to be, you mm. know? So, I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing. And I think it's probably a trait in guys like us who just kind of want a little bit more out of life that if our performance gets challenged sometimes, it can really yeah. hit us a bit harder. You know, <laughs> you mean, you know it, it's, it's true um, because like I, I'm here to have it all. Like I don't just want to have heaps of money. I don't just yeah. want to have a successful business. Like I want everything. I want our yeah. marriage to be awesome. I want to be an awesome dad to my kids. I want my kids to love me, which I want to quickly talk about which I, I spoke to on the last um, podcast about it which I'm going to write it down um, yeah which is Louis not uh, Louis not liking me at the moment I mean that's a little bit extreme but we'll go to that um, <laughs> um, and yeah like I want to be healthy mate dude I want it all and I'm here yeah. to have it all so um, yeah I guess you, you're kind of right if if the, the person who you love challenges you in an area you feel like man i'm failing in, in an area like i'm my, my purpose my sole purpose is being a dude is to serve you yeah and to make all this stuff and to be everything um which is fucking very hard to do so it's kind of like we put ourselves under a lot yeah. of pressure mate the the postnatal depression i didn't get well a couple of my mates did yeah um and it happens both sides guys and girls um yeah it's just such a shift man isn't it such a shift, so overwhelming. I mean, the first child I ever held, the first baby I ever held was Ollie, my first baby. You know, I've never held, I've really? never been around. Yeah, I've never really been yeah. around kids before. Like, I don't yeah. know any, I don't really know any of my cousins. Like, my sister doesn't have any kids. Like, just, we were the first in our friendship group to have kids. And yeah. so I just didn't really know any of my, Ollie was the first baby I ever held. Wow. And then suddenly, like, two weeks later, I'm on the couch at 8 a.m. with, you know, two hours of sleep under my belt with, yeah. Ava, who just would not stop screaming no matter what. And I just yeah. remember texting my mom, like, I'm fucked. This is not good. I'm done. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think the conversation, opening the conversation is good, but you're totally right. Like, if, if Ali had criticized me at that point or given me constructive feedback, it would have been like daggers. But we pay coaches and mentors to give us constructive feedback. Like, if, mm. if your coach, you know, the, the coach saying you can't change Courtney, but you can change yourself. Imagine mm. if Courtney was just like, "Hey, just change yourself." <laughs> You'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. you can't say that. And you can't so, say that. <laughs> I think when emotion and love comes into it, man, like we'll we'll take if one of my mates 
you know, it was actually one of my mates calling me a big fat dog that made me lose 20 kilos back right. in the day. Mm. You know, mm. if I th- I'd probably take it way harsher if Ali said something like that as yeah. well. Yeah. So, man, it's, um, yeah, the whole, the whole thing's, I think we're living in a very fast world where we need to have all the things to feel happy with ourselves. Life's very hard to navigate and overwhelming and you throw kids in the mix and you throw business in the mix and a desire to do well at everything. It's a lot of pressure that maybe we can just, uh, I think the thing I'm always striving for is to learn to be grateful with what I've got, which I'm very, very good at on a Sunday afternoon. If I'm like, kind of like, you know, this Sunday afternoon we had like country music playing I was in the garden. I had a beer. Yeah. The girls were in the paddling pool. It was awesome. I was like, this is the best day ever. How good is life? Mm. And then some days you get an email from your accountant saying, oh, there's going to be an extra seven grand on the tax bill. And you're mm. like, this is fucking pointless. <laughs> you know, why do I do any of this shit? Why yeah. can't I just be like Luke Page, you know, uh, <laughs> outwardly? Because you got Mr. Shiny Life, you know, from the outside. So I, I appreciate you being so vulnerable on the show, man, even though it's your show. Yeah. It's your My, show but, um, My show, man. <laughs> Josh, it's, the, it's the Luke Page podcast. So it's the, uh, it's, the, it's the Luke over here podcast. <laughs> Luke, what we have here, two men spilling their hearts out to no listeners. To absolutely- Actually, I don't know how many people... There's well, as in live, here. there's there's probably a thousand people here, mate, listening to this live. I used to do um, live podcasts; they were really fun. Um, yeah, I never did the live ones. You know, yeah. I um, I what's like? Do you have a vision for your podcast? Like, I I look forward to one day where I can have like a studio. The only the, yep. the, the challenge I see around it is a lot of if you're based in Australia, mm. so many people are good people are overseas, and I'm like, I wonder how I'm going to get around that. Um, yeah, totally. I, th- I think with with me, um, I interviewed someone once on my show who had almost like a podcasting agency, like they help you to produce it and market it. Mm. And she said something really clever, which was you can either have a podcast for your business or as a business. Yeah. And so, if I've always looked at mine as one for the business to su- yeah. you know, supply content, networking, like I've got a call in like a couple hours with a lady who was a guest on my show. Mm-hmm about working with me. So that's yep. great. Um, so I don't put too much pressure on that one, but the new, the new show, Dadvertising, which I'm running with Alan Howe, that's in a studio. That's getting some traction. That's put, we're putting a lot of professional effort into that one. That one, I think we could potentially get it to the point where there's a bit of a following, you know, bring a 15-second ad break in the middle of it, that sort of thing. This is brought to you by Baby Bunting or whatever. And... Um, and that would be that would be the goal for that one. So for now, yeah. I'm pretty casual with the Coaches to the Moon show. Great way of doing content, of leveraging knowledge of other people. And it's just fun, man. This is mm. the part of the business I love yeah. the most, is just chatting to, you know, conversations because neither of us for an hour are looking at our phones. No. And if you're exactly. at the pub or at dinner, you're yeah. going to check it at least once, mm. right? <laughs> so, yeah, I think the podcast is it's purely for me. It makes no money. It costs money, but it's purely for me. And uh, yeah, it's just for people. It's, yeah. it's for fun. Yeah, sick. So um, tantrums, you said 45 minutes straight. Are you legit? Yeah. Mate, that's 
Okay, so it's kind of made me feel feel better. I mean, mind you, I'm just kind of like with, with Louis going through his thing at the moment. Not that I've had a kid before. Yeah. Not that I really have anything to compare it against, but I'm just like, <clears throat> kids have tantrums. I mean, as far as yeah. I know, I was, I was a fucker as a kid. Like, well, my daughter Ava barely has tantrums at all. She, if yep. she's having a tantrum, it's, you know, it's a couple minutes. Um, mm. Olivia goes hard, and the more yep. we look into it, Mm. It's it's definitely like a common thing, mm-hmm. but it's there's reasons for it. Like she's you know overly sensitive to her surroundings. You know if, right. if there's if it's windy, she yep. she knows she's like oh, it's too windy. Or if it's if the there's a blender going, she covers her ears. Or right. if like there's a bad smell, you know she's like oh it's too smelly. So she's definitely mm-hmm. overly sensitive, and so. What we're starting to learn is that she's at kindy all day. She's bottling up emotions. You know, she's kind of in an environment where she has to be on all the time. Yeah. And then she gets home and then she's like emotionally knackered. And then one little thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, we're not having noodles for dinner tonight. (laughs) Or, you know, she wants to keep looking in the fridge, but we have to close the fridge. That sort of little thing. That's just yeah. the trigger for her to let out everything from the day, everything she's mm-hmm. been bottling up, you mm-hmm. know? And so they don't, and what we learned about tantrums is like, we had to go deep on this shit, man. Cause we had the times where we we're both crying and like, what do we do? We've, we've done everything completely wrong um, without knowing how to do it. Cause we went logic, you know, we went, Ollie, there's nothing wrong, mate. But kind of, she also knows there's nothing wrong. It's just unregulated, uncontrollable emotions. Mm. Um, and for us, basically, all you got to do is sit, you know, sit with her, be there. Um, if she's, you know, wanting, to, if she's like hitting you, be like, she doesn't want to hit me right now. You know, um, she's not going to hurt me. Mm. Stop her from hurting herself for sure. And also another one I learned, which is really handy is to not like sort of invalidate the way she's feeling and be like, Oh, you're being silly. Like everything's fine. Cause to her, it's totally not fine right now. You yeah. know? So that's stuff that as we look into it and it makes so much sense because we're the person as well. You know, mm. if, if one of your friends was inconsolable saying it's all right, bro, wouldn't really <laughs> help too much, you know? Yeah. Broken up with their girlfriend or whatever. And they're heartbroken and be like, dude, gutted for you, you know? Uh, I'm here. I'm here. If you want to be, I'm here. If you want to have a cry. And so that's what you kind of got to do with your kids as well. At least with my kid, cause everyone's different and I'm by no means a perfect dad, but it's, um, we, we've definitely learned a lot about the tantrum thing mm. because we noticed that they were gnarlier than we we're expecting for yeah. sure. And yeah. so, but the more you look into it, it's just a thing, man. Just one of those things you deal with. Some kids have, you know, allergies or diabetes or whatever my kids just massively sensitive and so sometimes we have to deal with more emotion in the house than we're expecting we can yeah. sense it coming sometimes we're good at um de-escalating before it gets to that point sometimes we're not and when it comes out um it's just about keeping everyone everyone safe the, the only time it gets really tricky dude is when my yeah. other daughter ava yep. gets upset by it because it's it's loud and it's double yeah you know, it's loud and scary, you know, yeah, and she's yeah. freaking three years old. And her sister's like trashing her bedroom. Yep. Tricky, you know, yeah, and so yet. one of us has to be with it. But it's just, it's just putting out fires, man. This is why I say on, on the advertising show, I don't do any 
personal development these days. I do zero. I've got no coaches. I don't read any books. Don't go to any seminars because I'm on a daily basis putting out fires in a business, learning how to manage people. You've got team, you know, I've had team members who've both had deaths in the family in the last month. Um, All sorts of stuff comes through and then you're dealing with the kids on the side, right? Like this is all the personal development you need right now. Mm. And I think it definitely... The, the, the parenting thing, especially when there's difficulty, it makes you a stronger, more resilient, more patient person in all aspects of your life, hopefully. Oh, so. yeah. there's, there's no question, man. There's no question. It's like the, 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 the tougher you go through, you're either going to come out of it or fall a victim to it, yeah? So yeah. you do push on. And for mm. most parents, you've got no choice. Like you just, well, you do have a choice, but most parents will just find a way no matter what. And it just yeah. does make you super tough. Like I look at my mum. My mum's like the toughest person in my eyes, the most resilient person ever. And I, man, I had no resilience up until I would say I started getting more resilience when I hit my 30s. But, um, yeah. man, I had so little resilience. I was the type of person where I got everything easy. Um, I was good at most shit. And then whenever mm-hmm. if I ever got into something and it got hard, I'd just move to the next thing. And I give myself yeah. some reason where it's like, ah, I got an idea over here. I'm going to do, ah, oh, no, I'm over this. And I had, <laughs> yeah. mate, next to no resilience. Um, I would say winning, winning was, uh, winning was the first kind of role I had in my life where it started developing my resilience. Great. Yeah. So that kind of started it. It was a really good, it was a really good pathway into running a business, but, um, Mm. Yeah, winning was a winning was 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 tough to kind of learn everything, um, and then you know do the the sales role coaching, and then we were fuck by the end, dude. I was doing everything. I was doing sales. I was actually calling. I was coaching the clients. Yeah, I was doing fucking marketing. I was like literally doing everything. But uh, that was a good that was a good lesson in starting to develop resilience, and it's made me realize how resilient my mum is, dude. And she's, she's unbelievable. I have so much respect for her. Um, I don't know how sing, single parents are now my absolute heroes. Mm. I don't understand it. I don't understand mm. how a single parent does anything. It's, that's incredible. Um, mm. You know, James uh, was well, a guy we, we both know called James, and his partner has, is a single mum with twins. James Wellington? No, no, a different guy we both know called James. I'm not sure if, you know, he knows that. Who me? <laughs> Who's James? You're not James. There's a guy called. There's a guy called James that we both know. Uh, <laughs> who's? Um, Who the hell? What? Who are you talking about? James Hepburn. You know James Hepburn, the marketer. Yeah. 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 He's currently got. Hepburn. Yeah, yeah. His his partner is a single mum with twins. Yeah. Okay. And that's just mind blowing to me. Ah, oh, psycho. Yeah. How strong and organized and resilient you need to be to yeah. do that. Because, I mean, imagine working a day and then having to clock off to go and pick your kids up from daycare and then go straight into that. And then it's just you until they're asleep. And then it's just yeah. you. Do all the yeah. stuff until they yeah. wake up the next day. <laughs> just you. Yeah. Impossible. That's, that's crazy. Like, what a beast. Yeah. What a, and there's so many out there, man. Like, yeah, single parents are amazing. I, I, honestly, I just think that, you know, and we're going to sound like those people. You don't understand until you have kids, but you fully don't. And mm. people always go, oh, I've got a dog. 
I know what it's like. I got a dog. It's like, <laughs> hold up, Turbo. You don't get it. Dogs are tough. Dogs are harder to travel with. That's for sure. But um, <laughs> but uh, is that it? That's about it. That is about it. And you basically, you just figure out how easy and boring your life was before. <laughs> I don't know what we did. What did we do when we lived together and we both had, you know, normal jobs and so by my hands. 5 p.m. every day we were done. Yeah, well, you could back in those days, you could do your four four hour morning routines and all that thing, type of thing. Totally. No props. No Mate, it was, um, uh, what'd you mention before? Jimmy, oh, that's it. Yeah, mate, it's when I get because I got clients that are like single mums and yeah. they're, and they're growing a business, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, how do you do it? How are you showing up? I've I've always said that. I'm like, single mums growing a business. I'm just like, that's like the ultimate in my eyes. Yeah. What else do you do from home? I get. I mean, if you if you've got to be at home, daycare is extraordinarily expensive. Not everyone's got you know grandparents yeah. around. I guess you kind of got no choice in some some like places. You either kind of go on sort of government support where there's no shame in that at all, or you mm-hmm. just kind of, if you want more than that, you start a business. Yeah, and that is rough. But if you can if you can supplement your income from home, just as a and not have to send your kids to daycare, and you can be there to deal with every nappy and whatever, and you just do two hours a day during nap time. Yeah, hell yeah, what yeah. an option. But it's not yeah. yeah. Might, may not happen overnight, but if you get there, then that is a, a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, for hell you. yeah, yeah. So good for the kids as well. You know, the one thing that um, with me growing my business, like I just want to, I just want to put a good message into our kids. Like, mm. and it's not about not about running a business because it's not for everyone, but it's about. I just want to show them. It's like, hey, you don't have to be chained to money. You don't have to go out there and work a career and a job because like you got to pay the mortgage and yeah. you know drive the Mercedes Benz and all that um, like yeah. you got to follow your heart in life and that's a massive lesson that I've learned man because I did the old follow the money thing early in my yeah. days and uh, it was like I thought my I thought the key to happiness was just to get super successful and make heaps of money and the more and more I got it, the more the hole in the heart was going, okay, there's something not right here. There's, there's always this feeling of something's missing. Yeah. Something's missing, Luke. Something, no matter what you get, some, man, this is great, but something's missing. What is yeah. it? What the fuck is it? Um, <laughs> so um, I was talking about Louis, right? Because yeah. um, I spoke to you on this in the last podcast and you mentioned it. Because at the moment, Louis, um, Louis like... Uh, He's, he's like loving his mum, which is all well and good and great. But he's kind of like not giving me a whole lot. And I'm just like, man, it fucking hurts. And like my wife and I joke, we kind of joke about it. But um, because he, do, he has done it to, my, to Courtney before. Um, but so we both know. You've had it before, right? So just to explain for the listeners, like um, uh, at the moment we're going through a period where Louis – it's everything's about his mum and it's almost like no matter what I do, he's just doesn't really give me attention. So for example, when we go to bed, like he'll be like kissing mum and saying I love you and then mum's like, Give daddy a kiss and then he kind of 
turns his head away and then mum's yeah. basically got to force him to say I love you. And you laugh about it, but I'm just like, man, this ain't nice. I just want my kid to love me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why won't you love me, my boy? Love me. So you were saying that it does, you know, it comes and goes. They swap from parent to parent and everything like that. When, I mean, you've had two kids. Have you ever had it the point where they both weren't into you? Well, I mean, the, the other day during a, a big Ollie tantrum, um, yeah. like Ollie's a daddy's girl, Ava is mummy's girl, right? Yeah. And so it's just always been that way. Um, but the other day, a massive tantrum going on. Ali's outside looking after Ava while she's kind of freaking out about this big noise inside. Mm-hmm. And then Ollie decided she wanted to be calmed down by her mum. And mm-hmm. so I'm useless in this situation. Neither of them want me, but they can't be in the same place because... Right them being together is escalating the tantrum. So that was, that was super duper tricky, man. And, but, uh, like you said before, it's all, it's all just, um, a moment in time. It's just a season that you're in and there's zero, um, basically zero neural development in these kids. And the reason that they make decisions is so instantaneous and contextual, you know? So, We've definitely been through a lot of that and it gets really tricky in a situation where you kind of need to help but the kid doesn't want you and it makes things worse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's not they don't love you, man. <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's because he's, he's a two-year-old, bro. And, <laughs> and two-year-olds have a really different way of looking at the world than we do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, why do they, why, why does a pair of socks, that's the wrong pair of socks, make them so angry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know or why do they love porridge today and then tomorrow nothing's worse than porridge it's, this, it's probably the same reason that he doesn't want to give you a kiss goodnight sometimes I'd imagine yeah. do you think it's like a like you're talking about the daycare thing they go to daycare and they've had all this stimulation and stuff and they've had frustrations today the and then they finally get home and they let it out do you mm. think it's do you think when they you know they have two different socks and they get all the socks they don't want, they blow up. Do you think it's the combination of just the accumulation of these little frustrations and maybe the, okay, I can't express what I want to and all that, and it just mm. the socks are the thing that breaks it? Or do you think it is, um, I don't know, they just, brain doesn't make sense? Sometimes. Well, I, I think that, yeah, because the, the the analogy I use, because, I mean, it's turning into me being child psychology expert here, but the analogy I, I use <laughs> is that, you know how you only ever seem to get your... Um, That's what we got you on for, by the way, mate. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. You, I should you introduce you. A, a, a child psychology Psychologist Alex Morris we've got today. Very excited. <laughs> As a dad who's yeah. had a kid for a year longer than you, I am I am the expert. Yeah, the expert, <laughs> mate. That's what we come here for. You know how you only ever get like your your t shirt caught on a door handle when you're already in a bad mood? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You probably it probably happens when you're not in a bad mood as mm-hmm. well. It's just mm-hmm. that like in those moments the maybe the kid sometimes doesn't, this isn't their favorite pair of socks, you know, but everything else is fine. So they'll deal with it. But now that they're in a bad mood already or on the brink of a bad mood, 
it's just one of those little triggers that sends them over over the line. And so I think that just from everything we researched with Ollie, like when they're at, when they're at home, and you'll notice this, teachers will be like, "Oh, they're adorable. They're, they're so great." And you'll be like, "He's a fucking monster right now." And it's it's that safety, you know, they're they're safe to let their emotions out because they're with mum and dad, they're with people who love them, so they can push the boundaries a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and turning two is a really tough age, man, because that's where they're starting to get more opinions and test things out. And especially if like you're home all day with them, mm-hmm. they can be a real dicks sometimes. And it, I think it's just really like they're so comfortable. They're so comfortable with us that they can express their, you know, test out some negative, well, not negative, but some difficult emotions in front of us Yeah, that they wouldn't necessarily want to express yeah with their teachers yeah so um that's that's the way i'm seeing it. and we all do it man we all do it we all act differently around people who we really love and feel comfortable with yeah and we do around our colleagues or our mates Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because we release a new podcast every single week. And if you're getting value out of this, then share it. Share it with the world. Share it with someone that you know that would also benefit from it. And hey, tag us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page and we'll give you a shout out for the support. Thank you so much. Let's get back into this. We'll wrap this up in a minute. Got a couple more questions. What do you do when you've had a really fucking hard day? Mm. with the kids and then you got to work on your biz or what do you do for me it's normally the other way around it's it's normally like um i've had a really if i'm having a tough day with business then i have to go straight into parenting that's a right. that's a tricky one right so yep. um and I'm, I'm not great at it because if i'm on a call here mm-hmm. i'm on zoom until 5 p.m mm-hmm. and i've got staff in the philippines and Clients in Queensland, so they're an hour or three hours behind me, still mm. texting me, still working. Yep. Then I go out there and I've got to go straight into dinner, bath, you know, the next two and a half, three hours, I'm full on the hardest part of the day as a dad. That's a tricky period. Um, to be honest, I'm not great at it, man. I think that what I'm keeping a lot of non-alcoholic beers in the fridge, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. I think that really can be super handy just to... Mm-hmm. Um, I always cook dinner in the house, so I kind of pop myself in the kitchen, give some cuddles to the girls, non-alcoholic beer, mm-hmm. as much as I can, and then just start cooking. Cooking is kind of like my happy place, so yep. that's kind of the dad contribution I make at that point, yep. and it's usually, that's like my commute. Cooking dinner is like my commute, where I can kind of spend 20 minutes just doing that, and then I can kind of unwind from work. If I've had a rough day with the kids i never work in the evenings man i can't do it yeah i'm shit at working in the evenings um yeah so but definitely that that balance is is there and i think sometimes you're just gonna know that all right if i if if i'm trying to work now i'm gonna be unproductive and if i'm trying to look after the kids at the same time as working i'm gonna be shit at both of them so if there's like a day when the girls are home from daycare because they're sick and ali can't get the day off yeah if i kind of say okay i'll try and get this done today Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a bad day because I'll be frustrated with the girls when they won't leave me alone. But yeah. if I text my team and say, I'm not here today mm-hmm. and I cancel calls yeah. and I just go full on dad, then yeah. it's a great day. And I realize that I don't yeah. need to actually rock up for eight hours at work every day, man. So yeah. Yeah. for me, it's just noticing what is the, um, 
which pieces of work are really necessary to do right now. Mm-hmm. Is the world going to end? Is anyone even going to notice if I'm here working at 9 p.m.? Yeah. The answer is almost always no. Yeah. Right. So, so that's it for me, man. And that takes confidence and experience to say that like, okay, I don't need to just be at everyone's beck and call all the time because right now I'm with my kids and I'm going to be not just a shit dad, but also a shit, you know, marketer or boss if I'm trying to do both. So I'll say mm. to people, I'll get to this tomorrow morning, man, just uh, doing bedtime. And most of the time people understand. Yeah, man, I, I relate to that in regards to one thing I've learned is learning to, because I'm the type of dude, if I'm doing something, I need to finish that. And if I, for example, if I'm working, I'm in work yeah. mode, Courtney comes in, starts talking to me about, hey, man, I fucking saw this awesome thing at a shop. And I'm like, man, I'm, like, especially if I'm creating content, I'm in creative mode. Yeah, man, I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm like, don't fucking, don't, don't come in. I need to do this. I need to fix my little mission that I'm on. And I found that that's one thing I really had to. I found hard adapting with was having Louis and trying to work, and then he's coming, kind of coming in. And what I was finding, man, where I was like, I'm technically taking care of him, but I'll be like, I'll just quickly sneak off and do a little 15 minute task. Yeah, um, and the, the start stop thing was driving me nuts, but. I've really relaxed this year, man, in regards to like I'm spending more time with Louis, helping Courtney out more, um, mm. you know, going, hey, look, you go off and take a few hours for yourself. I'll take Louis this afternoon and being less like, so, man, I've got to do this for work. Yeah. As opposed to, man, let it go. It's all good. We can do it another day. Um, you don't have to be on today. You don't have to be eight hours straight today. You're all good. You can do a yeah. day. That's really helped, but it was hard letting that go, man, because I was, I'm a, I, I love being productive. Mm-hmm. Before having a kid, it was just like, man, I got my day. I can fucking go boom, 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 do my thing. And now, yeah. like, interruptions and uh, he's sick today. So plans have changed. So being yeah. flexible with that, yeah. And when, and you also kind of start to realize that if a client can't accept that, then it's not really the kind of client you need to be working with. Like, if my dad is here and I'm mm-hmm. coming in, do like a zoom call if he's like look help my mum look after the girls and i'm like oh i've got to go and do a zoom mm. he's like you can't go and do a zoom wearing footy shorts i'm like i fully can you know, <laughs> like, and he's like you got to impress these people i'm like these people need to accept me and my value as a marketer with mm-hmm. the rest of the package of my life yeah. because that's the way it is these, these days you know mm. it's not like authenticity has to come through if one of my girls rocks up on a sales call, my rapport goes up, if anything, you know, because now I'm a real dude rather than rather than just some shiny freaking online business guru. Mm. And I think that um, decent people who are going to be great long-term partners or clients in business will understand that family is important because they would do the same thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and if people are, you know, a little too demanding about that sort of thing, then, um, yeah, maybe this is going to be a great partnership because yeah. we have to also accept if we say to a client, you've got to get this done for us, otherwise we can't do our job. Mm. They're like, I'm really sorry, it's school holidays, I'm struggling with it. And we said, no, nah, get mm. it done. Then yeah. then they're, they're going to feel the same way about us. you know. So I think that yeah. honestly, these days, as a parent, 
as a business owner working from home, you've got to just accept as cliche as to say it is what it is and just taking the day as it comes and that that is great about having a flexible online business um, and also just knowing, dude, like I said in my podcast of the day, if I make my million dollars this year when the girls are three mm-hmm. or when they're six in year one and I've got an extra 35 hours a week, yep. you know, irrelevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really, really doesn't matter that much. Mm. Like in the grand scheme of things, the only people who are going to know that you are working super duper hard and missing family dinners and stuff is your kids. Mm. Your clients aren't going to remember that shit. Your boss won't remember that shit. Your team won't, but your kids will be like, dad was never there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's true, man. It's a big one. Hey there, I hope you loved today's episode. If you did, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to this on right now. You see, your help and support allows us to spread this podcast across the world and we can't do it without you. Apart from that, make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page.